Hello everyone, welcome to the Everything Brought to Light podcast. My name is Ethan. I normally record on Wednesdays, but today is Monday. I've had enough caffeine that could literally take down a horse. So here we are, this is week three of posting consistently. The reasoning why I've been posting more is because I have went from a nine to five full-time job to now a part-time job. That way I'm able to spend more time working on the podcast than I normally would have been able to because when I was working nine to five, I was not really having time to maintain my relationships with my friends, family, my partner, etc, etc. And I was constantly working on the weekends and after work of my full-time job. And I just really wanted to take a leap of faith and to be 100% transparent with you guys. I am scared about this just because I'm not sure what the future holds. Am I going to fall on my face? Am I going to succeed and soar and become the richest YouTuber in history? Who knows? Money obviously isn't my drive for this podcast, but as you guys know, it sure helps. Putting my train back on the rail, I have rounded up six different stories, three of those true crime, and the other three are paranormal related. As always, a free way to support me is by liking and subscribing and sharing it to one of your friends. Let us jump right into this. A little warning because whenever I did this story on my TikTok, people were freaking out about it, but I'm about to show Robert the doll. People speculate that when you look at him, he needs an apology or he will haunt you causing misfortunes to happen. Anyways, this haunted doll gets three apology letters every day from visitors that see him. This is Robert the doll and he looks a lot less terrifying than the stereotypical haunted doll. Robert originally belonged to Robert Eugene Otto and to say they had an unhealthy relationship together is an understatement. From what reports state, he brought the doll everywhere and even talked for him. Otto passed away in 1974 and Myrtle Reuter purchased the artist's house and also became Robert's new caretaker, which means if you get the house then that means you get the creepy haunted doll, which is amazing. Granted, Myrtle probably didn't realize that this doll was haunted or he would have thrown it in the dumpster like any normal human being would. The family was eventually freaked out by the doll because they stated that once they moved into the home, they started hearing footsteps in the attic, giggling, and the doll moving at random times. Also, they had a big fat load of unluck. He is now locked away in Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. People who visit the museum claim that the doll's facial expressions change anytime anyone badmouths him as well. So with that being said, you better put down an apology in the comments because I'm not responsible for any misfortunes that happen to you because I'm probably going to comment in the video as well. If I don't, please remind me. The Terrifying Story of the True Bell Witch Cave In 1804, John Bell moved his wife, Lucy, and their children to Robertson County. The family lived a peaceful life for 13 years, but in the summer of 1817, things took a turn for the worse, just like any other typical horror movie. What started as seeing strange animals on the farm led to hearing eerie sounds in their cabin. The sounds even escalated to a voice speaking directly to them. The unseen force terrorized John's youngest daughter, Betsy, with beatings that left her unconscious. The spirit labeled itself as the Bell Witch and vowed to kill John Bell. Three years later, on December 20th, 1820, he was deceased with a strange liquid inside his body. There are so many theories as to who the Bell Witch is because through this entire story, the Bell Witch apparently changed its identity, saying that it was originated from a old demon that lived on the property to being their neighbor. And a lot of people speculate that the Bell Witch was summoned by John Bell's neighbor as he misfortuned her a lot and pretty much just ruined her entire life. The Bell Witch apparently still haunts to this day and you can actually visit the same cave in Adams, Tennessee. 
The Lizzie Borden House received a 9.73 out of 10 on the worldwide spooky scale. On August 4th, 1982 in Fall River, Massachusetts, the Borden family changed forever. Andrew Borden was found on the couch slumped over where he had been struck with an axe 10 to 11 times. Abby Borden was found upstairs where she had been hit with an axe 18 times and what's even weirder is investigators believe that she was facing the person that unalived her, thus deeming that it was probably someone she knew because there would have been signs of foul play or that she had tried to leave in a hurry. People speculate that Lizzie was responsible as she had a difficult relationship with her father and stepmother. However, no one will know. In in the present day, the home is rumored to still have the spirits of Andrew, Abby, and Lizzie Borden. Multiple investigators have been to the house and never left the same. There have even been YouTube channels where they go do ghost hunts at the actual house, and multiple times ghost hunters have talked to a spirit that claims to be Lizzie Borden, and she actually admits on several occasions that she was the one who unalived her father and stepmother. The Lululemon Murderer On March 11, 2011, in a town called Bethesda, two workers were closing down the Lululemon store. 30-year-old Jana Murray and 29-year-old Brittany Norwood had gone through their closing tasks and left to go home. Brittany had actually called Jana, claiming that she had left her wallet in the store, so she asked if Jana could go and unlock the door for her. And the doors to the back was one of those ones where you swipe a card so it records each time that someone is let in and whose the card belongs to. The door recorded that it was unlocked at 10.05 p.m. The Apple Store was right next to them and were still there late because of the iPad 2 launch. Several Apple Store employees then heard a victim begging for her life, loud noises, and grunting. And when I first read this case, I expected the Apple Store workers to at least check it out and see what all the commotion was. However, they just brushed it off and said that there was just drama going on in the store and to ignore it. And ignoring is exactly what they did. The following morning, Jana and Brittany were both found lying on the floor. However, Jana was deceased with 511 different wounds from five different weapons, and Brittany just had minor injuries, which is a huge red flag. It was later found that Brittany staged the incident and unalived Jana because they did not like each other. Thankfully though, the court system worked its magic and she was sentenced to life in prison. The woman we are about to be talking about does not deserve her children, nor does she deserve another day of freedom. This is 33-year-old Deborah Janelle Jeter, who is married to Lester. In May of 2009, he filed for divorce and told the judge that he feared for his children's safety as Deborah was very mentally unstable. Not long prior, she did try to unalive herself in front of her daughters, but despite Lester's plea, the judge decided to lift the restraining order. Deborah's two children, 12-year-old Kelsey and 13-year-old Kirsten, expressed their excitement of seeing their mom after 14 days as Deborah stated she had a surprise for them. When they got in the car, Deborah stabbed both of the girls multiple times, unaliving Kelsey and leaving Kirsten in critical condition. She then made the famous I just unalived my children 911 call, which I will play right now. Viewer discretion is advised. Joe County 911, what's your emergency? I just killed my children. Excuse me? I just killed my children. Where are you? Um, I'm in the abandoned house on Highway 77 right after you go underneath the highway. One of them's still alive. Hurry. How? Under what highway? You're on Highway 77 where? I'm on Highway 77 right after you go under 35 going towards Milford. Get an ambulance out here to save the one that didn't, uh, call. Hurry up. What's your name? It called him. Have you already called him? Yes, ma'am, I have. Okay. I need your name. I don't want to say your name. Are you in your car? No, I'm 
and she was sentenced to life in prison. This teacher won Teacher of the Year, and she's literally one of the grossest individuals I've ever talked about. 34-year-old Jacqueline Ma was a 6th grade teacher at Lincoln Acres Elementary School in National City. A former 13-year-old student had revealed to their mom about the teacher and their actions she did to them. After hearing this, thankfully the mom immediately went to police and told them what their son just told her. Thankfully, the school and police listened to the mother and on March 7, 2023, police went to the school, pushed her aside, and arrested her away from the children. She is now facing 14 charges and is awaiting conviction. After the Jocelyn Ma case, I really wanted to dig a little bit deeper. I honestly feel that they give the Teacher of the Year award to anybody because there was another teacher that had the same allegations who won the same award. Her name was Randy Shavaria and she was 36 years old. Not only did she win Teacher of the Year, but she actually won several other awards as well. Sometime during the fall semester of 2019, she had relations with a high school student in her classroom where he later told police that she had performed several non-professional acts on him. Police later found out that Randy was texting the student, often sending him explicit messages. And if it wasn't for the messages, it really seemed like police were not going to believe the student, especially considering that the teacher had a squeaky clean record and won those several awards. So they were very much so shocked, especially all of the faculty and staff made comments about how they were so shocked that Randy would do such a thing. Though as you know, I always say don't judge a book by its cover because sometimes the pages are a lot dirtier than you think. The school was notified on November 18th, 2019 of her alleged behavior and on the next day she resigned and eventually turned herself in. But 
Here's the kicker, she was released a day later on a $250,000 bond, which as you all know, you only have to pay 10% of that. And I could have just missed the reports altogether, but I tried looking at several news articles as to if she is still in jail. And from what I saw, she actually never went back to jail. Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, I will pin a comment if I did find out that I was wrong. But from what I researched, there was no evidence showing that she was still in jail. <laughs> I hope you all made it through this video unharmed by Robert the Doll, and I hope that I personally made it through this video because I will be uploading many photos of Robert the Doll. I am posting videos every day on my Ghost Brought to Light and Crime Brought to Light TikTok, as well as posting a crap ton of stuff on everything Brought to Light's Instagram. Thank you so much for watching once again, and I will see you all next time. Hopefully.